Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It is Michael C. Bouchard, the host of the Night Stalker podcast. This is episode number 71. And today we're going to talk about uh, two of the most recent uh, police-involved shootings. And I'm going to kind of review them and kind of give you my input on them. Um, the first one was the uh, shooting of uh, Dante Wright. A 20-year-old uh, African-American male in uh, Brooklyn uh, Center, uh, Minnesota. Um, Dante Wright, at the time of the shooting, was operating a uh, motor vehicle that was stopped over for a, a registration violation. Uh, Mr. Wright was taken out of the car uh, while conducting... Uh, a, ba a background check it was discovered that there was a uh, warrant for his arrest um, <clears throat> I'm going to be factual about this and I, I know a lot of people are going to get go get up on arms with it but it, it is what it is and that the facts are the facts and you got we have to all you know stop hiding you know behind things um, when Mr. Wright discovered that he was going to be taken in custody, he decided to attempted to uh, flee the scene. For what reason? You know, I'm not sure what the the warrant was for. I don't know what the bond on the warrant was for, so I can't make any speculation on that. However, from watching the the video, um, there were a couple of things that I noticed that. Uh, you know, I'm going to critique a little bit. Um, it was at, at, at that point when Mr. Uh, Wright re-entered the car and attempted to shift it into gear and take off that a, um, a patrolman or patrolwoman identified as Kimberly Potter um, drew what she, she believed to be a, her taser uh, pulled the trigger once, only to uh, realize that the what she had drawn was her service service uh, weapon. Uh, bullet struck Mr. Uh, Wright, uh, killing him. Now, let's talk about the confusing the taser with the uh, uh, a firearm. What I noticed, and I'm going to critique this a little bit, and I, uh, this is, like I said, my my podcasts are um, labeled explicit because uh, I use a lot of terminology, and um, let's just face it, people don't want to hear it nowadays. There's no political correctness about this um, show, and, and that's why it is what it is. Um... My first thing to do, or what, what my first observation was, when I watched it, I heard Potter yelling, Taser, Taser, Taser. And the reason this is done is that when the Taser, the Taser prongs uh, penetrate the suspect and the uh, trigger uh, of the Taser is pulled, uh, the, elect the electrical charge obviously goes through the taser prongs into the 
into the suspect. However, if you are uh, an individual holding on to the suspect, or believe it or not, actually leaning up against something that will allow a current to flow through it, not only does the suspect get tased, but so does the officer or whoever happens to be up against that um, in that area where the the, uh, the voltage will normally uh, flow to. Um, so just based on that, I believe in my mind that she did believe that she had drawn her taser. What kind of confused me was the the there was something in there that said, well, the problem was she wore the taser on her left side. Well, so I sat down and I looked at a, a picture of her in the uniform, realizing her firearm was on the right side where, where it should have been, taser on the left side where, where it should have been. So I don't know what uh, the tactical problem they were talking about that because um, having a taser on your weak side is probably better because you have to cross draw it that cross draw gives you a few seconds to uh, realize that it is a taser and that uh, it is on the opposite side where your firearms kept so uh, it is an odd position to be drawing uh, some type of weapon from uh, but I, I think with that being the case it's probably a better idea to keep it on the opposite side because God forbid it was on the same side as your firearm. A lot of people, a lot more people would be, uh, you know, accidentally shot. Um, in this case, I do believe it was an accident. I don't believe it was malicious. Although what I didn't like was there was a uh, a span of time, maybe four seconds, five seconds, where. Um, her firearm was extended which I mean I don't know what she was looking at but I mean one doesn't like just blatantly pull you know point a taser and, and, and discharge it unless you have a, a target acquisition and, and you would have to be looking down down the um, the taser for that and I I just think there was a time span there that I don't know how she didn't realize that it was it was a firearm because I was blatantly looking at it. Um, a couple other points. At the time, uh, there was a sergeant who had actually gone in through the passenger side door and was attempting to uh, hold the, uh, the um, shifting lever uh, in the vehicle so that uh, Mr. Wright couldn't um, engage the uh, the shift the shifter and at that point I'll be quite honest with you um, with the possibility of the officer that was inside the car being flung out or hurt sustaining serious injury injury or death um, I hate to be the bearer of bad news but I mean, that escalated from using a moderate type of uh, defense system like a taser uh, right when he attempted to engage it and take off or an, an officer hanging out of the car. That's deadly force, you know. 
Um, honestly, that would have been a justifiable shoot. However, I think what happened was the media picked it up too fast. And listen, you know, I'm not going to throw some stones. It's going to sound like it, but I'm not throwing stones. But how come every time somebody gets shot, it becomes a racial issue? Okay, it's bad enough an individual has been killed. It's even worse that the officer that shot the individual believed that she was using a less, less than lethal weapon to stop him. But on the other hand, <clears throat> you have the suspect's action, which placed another officer uh, in fear of his personal safety or death. So the escalation although nobody really thought of this because they were so busy in the smoke screen of everything else that was going on, was at that point it became a, um, a deadly force situation. I mean, you know, Christ, you can't have a, somebody driving down the street with, with uh, an officer hanging out of the car. I mean, God forbid he should fly out of the car or, you know, who the hell knows, you know. Um, I know people don't like to hear this, but you know I'm telling you the truth. I don't lie to you about things. I don't make shit up. Uh, but you know, no no cop goes to work ever saying I want to be involved in a high speed pursuit or I want to shoot somebody. These things that happen, they happen. That's the, the nature of the beast. It's part of the job, and in a lot of instances no it does not end up well however what the what the people have to realize is that if you took on a daily basis the amount of police civilian contacts that are, that are made throughout the United States on a daily basis the number of people that are actually shot and killed by police are very low it's exceptionally low. Um, the problem you have nowadays is between these gang, you know, these gang shootings and all of this shit. Um, their fatality rate is a heck of a lot uh, higher than law enforcement. But you know, you have to blame. You know, it's hard, you know, it's really kind of hard to say who to blame for this stuff. I mean, I understand you have a, a family that's grieving, a 20-year-old that shouldn't have um, been the, the victim of an accidental shooting. And it was an accidental shooting. I mean, people, I mean, listen, if somebody's going to shoot you, they're not yelling taser, taser. They yell taser, taser forever to get out of the way so they don't get, they don't get hit with the, uh, the prongs or the, the the discharge when it's when a trigger is pulled. Okay, so, um, but again, you know there are just you ever you know the perfect storm. The perfect storm always happens when you don't want it. You know, like they always say, your your sometimes your best wish is always your worst wish for the worst thing that ever happened to you, you know, this is what happens. This is the nature of the beast. You know, you go out to work, you don't know what's going to happen, but, you know, it's part of the job. It always has been, you know. 
we as um, yeah, I don't know. To, you know, we just want a community, you know, a community or a citizenry that believes nothing's ever going to happen. Well, unfortunately, that's not the truth. In this case, I believe it was an accident. Uh, I don't see any malicious intent. Uh, confusion, yes. And, and let's talk about, you know, firearms being drawn. Um, instead of the taser it, it, not that there's a ton of them but you know it's been common you know I mean that's just how it is the brain when something happens you're struggling with somebody outside of a car you're trying to you know detain them control them handcuff them struggle at the same time you know you're not going to be able to have clear rational cognizant thinking that doesn't happen I mean so in this case um you know that's what happened now our second case is the 14 year old uh, female uh, Valentina Paradis uh, that was shot in Los Angeles um, that I watched the footage I have uh, you know some critiquing that, that I, I think is applicable to this case um, Once again, this, this shooting, even though a law enforcement officer was involved, was not based on any malicious intent. Uh, but then again, you know, here we go. Everybody is in an uprising. Listen, I understand that it's something that should have never happened. I understand the family's upset, this and that, and all this stuff. But um, unfortunately, some things like this happen. But let me go to the, my critiquing where, okay, the individual that was um, the suspect, uh, Daniel Lopez, had been swinging around a heavy metal um, bike chain. He assaulted a few people, one female, uh, seriously. The police entered the building, uh, set up a search pattern. Um, the issue I have with it, this is a a department store. Think of the distance of a, a department store. Think of the setup of a, de a department store. Um, you know, um, you go up and down the aisle shopping, small aisles, maybe four feet wide, uh, confined spaces, you know, uh, multiple people in the building. Uh, no need for rifles. There sh rifles shouldn't have even been brought into that building. I don't care what anybody says. Because here's here's the problem. You have a rifle, you have a handgun on you. If that suspect, you know, if you engage him in a physical confrontation, not only do you have to worry about securing uh, a rifle, but you also have to worry about securing uh, a handgun. Uh, the distance that any um, shooting is going to occur is going to be probably pretty close quarters. When I say close corners, I mean, I mean within 50 feet. Um, the rifles were um, 5.56 caliber, uh, bullets moving over 3,000 feet a second. Although it was a lightweight bullet, 62 to 67 grains possibly. Um, very powerful, too powerful for a situation like that. Um, 
a handgun in that situation, 40 caliber, 45, even 9 millimeter, um, lacking the speed of the rifle. And I'm playing the would have, could have, should have game, but would have, there would have been a, a, a smaller chance of that bullet. Um, penetrating um, the surface of the wall just because it moves at a slower speed the bullet is heavier um, it bullets like you know uh, handgun bullets uh, mushroom faster they slow down faster they, they don't have the penetration power and at that distance that um, give into individual a shot um, a handgun would have been quite sufficient. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure why there just wasn't an, I mean, listen, I get it. He, he beat one woman up pretty severely and, you know, the cops didn't know, you know, if this, where this guy was going to come out from and, you know, nobody wants to get, uh, get hurt. So, uh, the critique, do I think it was a bad shoot? No. I would have liked to have seen it going a little different or way. I mean, you know, at that time, he was not near the, the victim who was, you know, seen laying on the floor. Um, that would have been a perfect situation uh, for a taser. Okay. Uh, the chain he had was only a couple feet long. Taser has a good 15 to 25 feet. Um, it would have definitely been the better choice. Rifle with rifle unless your outside is not a good choice. Uh, you know they're they're bulky. I mean think about it. If you have to go into a, a small hallway, you know you got to worry about maneuvering. You have to you know just too much too much horse. You know just it's just too fast and, and too powerful for a, a smaller confined area like uh, like uh, that but you know um, and like I said I mean you know th this is basically an accidental shooting I mean you know um, and unfortunately these type of shootings you just can't make go away it's just how it is. So, you know, I, I don't know what it is lately with all of these shootings going on, whether they're police related, gang related, just civilian hating civilian related. But, um, you know, it's becoming a very big crisis now. Um, what shocked, well, I don't know if it shocked me or not, but uh, when one um who the hell was that ammunition company that uh shut down well let's okay it was remington remington's ammunition their high-powered rifle uh situation it slowed down uh you know um I just lost my train of thought here. I was I was actually looking at another case here real fast, and I just lost my train of thought. Excuse me. Um, yeah. So 
I do have critiquing about that. Uh, just the wrong weapon for the, you know, just the wrong type of weapon for uh, entering a building like that. I mean, you know, let's face it, you, you know, you have a lot of people in that area, and, you know, that's, that's heavy-duty firepower. You don't need to uh, have that in the building. But again, it was accidental. Um, you know, uh, both of them were accidental. One thought she had a taser instead of a handgun. The other one thought that, uh, you know, they, they fired rounds not realizing there were people behind um, the wall. Unfortunately, you know, these are accidents that happen, um, you know. And unfortunately, with accidents like this, the... Um, the outcome is tragic. I mean, there's you, there's no way you can't say either one of these are. You know, they are. And, and don't think for a second that the law enforcement community doesn't feel it as much as everybody else does, because we do. And sometimes we understand it more than the civilian entity out in the street is because we are the people that have to uh, deploy this type of measures to keep things under control. So we do understand it. We do sympathize with it. I mean, um, Unfortunately, a mistake like that is a mistake. It's not intentional. It's not malice. It's just um, sometimes very poor judgment, obviously. So, but with that being said, this is episode uh, 71. I didn't run it too long. I don't think it was like 21 minutes. Normally, we're in 30 to 40. Um, I will be getting back to you with... Uh, you guys out there, you know, you, you're really crazy. You're kind of creepy sometimes. You're scared to shut the hell out of me because people love dead bodies. And what is this thing they like dead bodies in boxes? That is really, like, freaky. When I look at my uh, episode uh, guide and see how many people are looking at one, it's always, some, it's always somebody that's been found in a box that gets the highest ratings. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just me. But um, yeah, it's pretty creepy. But... Uh, until next time, just remember, like I always tell you, when you are in a, out in the dark, in a dark place, a dark room, a dark alley, first ask yourself, what are you there for? Because that would be my question. And then make sure you know where the, the back, front, or any side doors or windows are. Because, uh, you know, when it hits the fan, it hits the fan. And, then, you know, nobody's going to find your dead body out in the woods anyway until birds start picking at you and they're flying around and people are watching up in the air and watching your dead shit get eaten up. So, um, like I said, with that being said, this was episode 71. We are going to try to shoot for 72 before the New Year's. I, I don't know what that's going to be, but I will guarantee you it will be about either some really bizarre disappearances or, or uh, homicides. Um, can't guarantee you that any of them are going to be homicides or bodies recovered or found in a box. I mean, I, I suppose I could research some of that and do some of that because uh, that seems to be a um, just seems to bring, be bringing a lot of attention to the uh, website. We are our numbers are you know increasing by it's it's insane i mean our, our the numbers for this podcast are just going up so high that it's it's a good thing i guess um like i said share it with your your friends um 
And until the next time, my name is Michael C. Bouchard, the host of the Night Stalker podcast. And the next time I am here, I need to definitely bring a bottle of water with me because I have my sinuses kill me all the time and they are driving me nuts right now. <laughs>